Today we'll be talking about glial cells and glial cells are essentially uh, different cells in the nervous system that differ from neurons but they're essential to ensure proper neural functioning and they basically provide support and nourishment to neurons. And we'll get into the details of how they actually support uh, and nourish neurons. But essentially these glial cells are found in the central nervous system which is the brain and the spinal cord. And glial cells are actually uh, it's actually an umbrella term for six different kinds of support cells. And these are called astrocytes, satellite cells, oligodendroglia, Schwann cells, microglia, and ependymal cells. And all of these are uh, key to proper neural functioning. But before I get into the details of how each subtype of glial cell works, let us first understand how glial cells actually differ from neurons. So one of the main differences is that glial cells, most glial cells, lack a major protruding axon. And uh, as I mentioned in my earlier podcast on the structure of the neuron, all neurons have a, an axon, which is sort of an elongation from the star shape of the cell body of the neuron. So that's one key structural difference. And that links on quite well into one of the main functional differences between neurons and glial cells, which is that glial cells have a resting membrane potential, but they don't actually exhibit action potentials as compared to the neuron, which actually can fire and transmit an action potential along its axon. Another functional difference is that glial cells are unable to transmit neurotransmitters as compared to neurons, which can relay neurotransmitters across the synapses, which can consequently modulate synaptic activity. So now that we have some of the key main differences between glial and neurons clarified, let us, let us look at the structure of each type of glial cell. So firstly, there's the astrocytes. Astrocytes, like most glial cells, don't have an axon, and they look kind of like a simple cell body with star-like elongations. And these are found only in the central nervous system, which is the brain and the spinal cord. The second kind of cells, which are satellite cells, sort of have more of a flattened shape. And again, they have a cell body, but they lack an axon or protruding outgrowth. And they have a cell body, but again, these have cell bodies, but interestingly, they're actually connected to axons. So they have these sort of outgrowth processes, which kind of look like arms extending out and they surround the axon. And this is crucial for the function of oligodendrocytes, which we'll go on to talk about uh, when we discuss the functions of each cell. And Schwann cells are very similar to oligodendrocytes, except that they're present in the peripheral nervous system as opposed to the oligodendrocytes, which are present only in the central nervous system. However, one major structural difference is that one Schwann cell only wraps around the axon of one neuron. By contrast, one oligodendrocyte can wrap around several axons of different neurons at once. The next kind of cells are microglia, which resemble astrocytes to a large extent. And they kind of have a cell body, which resembles a star shape, I suppose. And uh, they have no axon or no protruding outgrowths, which is similar to most glial cells. Lastly are the ependymal cells. Ependymal cells line the brain and the spinal cord. And they look largely cuboidal or columnar, which means that they're, they resemble a rectangular shape and they have microvilli, which links to their function. So just to recap, astrocytes look like star shapes. 
satellite cells are flattened with no axons. Oligodendrocytes uh, connect to axons of several neurons. Schwann cells uh, connect to the axons of one neuron each. Microglia resemble astrocytes in the sense that they're star-shaped. And epidermal cells are cuboidal or columnar, and they have microvilli. Or they have cilia on their surface, which resemble tiny hair-like outgrowths. And now, getting to the function of each of these kind of cells. Well, so astrocytes and satellite cells both provide support overall to the neurons. Oligodendrocytes and Schwann cells provide insulation and myelation for neurons. Microglia uh, help in immunity and phagocytosis to maintain neural health, while ependymal cells help in producing cerebrospinal fluid. And this fluid essentially acts as a shock absorber to help reduce the onset of brain injuries. And it also filters certain chemicals from the bloodstream, which it uses to help provide to sort of nourish the neurons. And similarly, it collects waste coming out from neurons to return it back to the bloodstream. And now we're going to talk exactly about how each cell supports neurons in more detail. So firstly, there's the astrocytes. Astrocytes actually form a part of the blood-brain barrier, uh, and thus they help regulate chemicals entering the brain. So they avoid the ent entry of potentially toxic or harmful chemicals into the brain. Astrocytes are also responsible for guiding the extension of neuron branches during neural development. So this means that they, so they sort of help control where the dendrites will go and where synapses will form, which is very crucial for proper functioning and to establish and maintain neural pathways to carry out certain functions. And through certain mechanisms, which are in a lot more detail and that I won't go into now, astrocytes can also regulate the release of neurotransmitters, which allows for the regulation of synaptic plasticity. And that is very crucial to forming memories and to improving or altering cognitive health. There is also some evidence for them helping in neural repair by activating cytokines, which are responsible for immunity and also for supporting the formation of myelin. But essentially the main functions of astrocytes are to regulate substances entering in and out of the brain to and to control neural plasticity and and dendritic formation. So satellite cells are essentially astrocytes but in the peripheral nervous system. So their functions are largely similar and they essentially surround neurons and they regulate neurotransmitter diffusion as well as synaptic transmission. So these functions serve similar purposes to astrocytes in the sense that they support cells by preventing neurotransmitter release get too high or become too low, and by ensuring that action potentials are transferred between neurons for proper functioning. Next are oligodendrocytes. Their overall function is quite simple and straightforward in the sense that they support the formation of myelin in the brain and the spinal cord. And this actually explains why oligodendrocytes are connected to the axons of neurons. Recall how in one of my earlier podcasts, I had mentioned that the myelin sheath forms around the axon. Thus, in order for oligodendrocytes to support the formation of myelin, they must surround the axon as well, where they can actually assist in creating the myelin around the axon at that exact location. And by providing myelination, this automatically helps insulate the neuron, which increases the speed of electrical conductivity. And this is very important for proper neural functioning, as I've mentioned before. 
Now, Schwann cells are essentially oligodendrocytes, but in the peripheral nervous system. So similarly, they support the formation of myelin, and this also helps explain why Schwann cells also connect to the axon of their specific neuron. Next are microglia, and microglia are essentially responsible for immunity of the neural cells. And they achieve this through phagocytosis, which is the process of sort of eating up or gobbling cell debris and unwanted chemicals. And microglia also control cell death or apoptosis during brain development. And you might be wondering why would why would cells want to kill themselves? And this is essentially because if there's toxic buildup or accumulation, the cell eventually starts exhibiting very pathological symptoms. And these signs and these stress markers may actually spread to other cells. Therefore, in order to prevent the destruction of other cells due to that cell being infected, that cell decides to kill itself and therefore resolve the problem altogether. And this is actually a very important aspect of immunity. Similarly, when a neuron is affected, microglia release inflammatory molecules, which are the cytokines I mentioned earlier. And essentially, these molecules sort of act as signals to allow other immune cells, such as B cells and T cells, to enter the site of infection and help resolve the pathology. Microglia also remove dysfunctional synapses because, again, as I said, these may pose problems to future neural development. Lastly are ependymal cells, and their sole purpose and their overall purpose is to produce CSF, or cerebrospinal fluid. And they achieve this by forming a network of cells, which is called the choroid plexus, and this consists of modified ependymal cells, and essentially they allow for the production of cerebrospinal fluid. So just to recap, astrocytes and satellite cells provide support through regulation of neurotransmission and synaptic plasticity. Oligodendrocytes and Schwann cells provide myelination, which also helps provide insulation to neural cells. Microglia provide immunity to neural cells, and epidermal cells help produce cerebrospinal fluid, which is crucial for neural function. And now you might be wondering, so how do we identify these kind of cells? Well, as I mentioned, structure provides a lot of insight into what kind of cell it may be. But other factors involved could be where the location of where the cell is formed, stage of development, transcription factors required for their development, and also, of course, gene expression, which promotes differentiation in the first place. It is to be noted also that there is still quite a bit of ongoing research on the different types of glial cells. And these six types of glial cells are not are not set in stone. It is possible that there are new ones found or certain glial cells are removed uh, to help refine the different types of cells in the nervous system.